This podcast is sponsored by Primal Kitchen Restaurants, providers of fast, casual dining experiences where taste and the freshest ingredients always come first. To learn more about franchise opportunities, visit PrimalKitchenRestaurants.com. That's PrimalKitchenRestaurants.com. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast, featuring fresh and lively commentary on all things Primal, including Q&A sessions with Primal Blueprint founder, Mark Sisson, special guest interviews hosted by Mark Sisson, and conversations with Primal Blueprint authors and other health and fitness experts. The show is presented by Damage Control, Master Formula, the world's most potent multivitamin, mineral, antioxidant, anti-aging supplement, available at primalblueprint.com. Past episodes are available for download or to review written summaries at blog.primalblueprint.com. And now, here's your host, Brad Kearns. Hey listeners, it's your host Brad Kearns and I'm here Fresh off his incredible performance at the CrossFit Games, it's Bill Grundler. How you doing, Bill? Doing great, man. Thanks for having me. Representing, right? CrossFit Inferno, Cal Poly, San Luis Obispo graduate, and still in <laughs> still in Slowtown, representing Slowtown. You drove yeah. down. You drove down the 101 to the 405. Got off in Carson and kicked some butt, huh? I was more like I went down the 101, got off on the 405, and sat in traffic for a while. Of course. And then I got down to course. Carson, and then I had a good time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So tell us about the games and um, your whole step-by-step qualification. I know it's a pretty serious deal now. You don't just send in your entry form, but you had to go through the um, you had to go through the ringer, huh? Yeah, you know the the games thing for me. My my goal has always been to make it to the the open division games, the you know the the big CrossFit games, and that's always been everything that I've been that I've been trying for. And every year I've I've been really really close, usually missing it by you know like two or three spots oh. over the years that I've done this. So I, I I've always been the older guy trying to hang with the young guys, and that's kind of been just kind of my my gig, I guess. Um, but last year at the regionals, I blew my knee out on, uh, the rope climb sprint event that they had and had to get a full ACL replacement and do all that rehab and all that kind of stuff. So my surgery was August 6th of last year. And this last year had been basically a rehab buildup year of trying to get back to, you know, qualify for the, the regionals and everything. Man, what a humbling experience it is to actually have an, have an injury like that, especially when you're used to doing whatever, however you want, and then all of a sudden you're really not able to do that, so it's pretty tough. But built back, um, I, I got a coach, uh, Mike Tremello, who's out of Cross Precision, or Precision CrossFit down in Agora Hills, and he was helping me out with some strength and conditioning to, and some rehab to get that knee back to going. And had a decent open, which is the uh, the first step of the the qualifier for the games. What they did this year, because there's so many people that want to that want to qualify, they want to make sure that the right people get into the games. So instead of a Southern California region and a Northern California region, they actually did a. You had to be in the top twenty of each of those divisions to go to the super region of California, mm. and I, I just wasn't able to make that. I think I ended up like ninety. I think I was ninetieth or something like that in in Southern California. Just didn't have the the strength yet in the knee. Uh, one of the one of the events was a, a one rep max clean and jerk, and so all the guys that are you know super strong, they're the ones that got all that. And for me, that would normally be kind of a 
you know, damage control event more than anything. But this one, I mean, with not having the strength in the knee, it just, I mean, it just dropped me out of contention for the most part out of the open. So I was kind of doing my thing and hanging in there. But at the same time, I had my brother, James Grunley, that was, you know, he's like, yeah, I really want to, I, I put a year in and we've been training really hard with him and stuff. He's wanted to see what a year of, of real good, hard CrossFit training would do for him. And came into the open. This was his second open, and was able to make it into the top 200 of the masters division for the 40 to 44, which advances you to the regional online qualifier for the masters. And he was telling me, kind of in the in the open area, he's like, he's like, hey, so do you think I have a chance, you know, to to really make it in there and make it to the games? And we just totally started playing with the whole idea of him going and how cool it would be. And I'm like. You know, look, we'll get you to go, and if you go, I want a, I want, I want a shirt that says Grundler on it, a pair of shorts that says Grundler on it. That'd be so cool, blah, blah, <laughs> blah. And then by the last event, he hit me up, and he's like, look, man, you know, I, I think I'm, I'm going to be able to make it to the regionals. And I think at that point, he was actually in the top 20 overall in the world for that division. He's like, if I make it, it's like, I know you don't do the Masters thing. That's not really your deal, but it would be really cool if me and you went there and competed together and, you know, got to be like the Grunlers like we used to be when we were kids and all that, I'm like, oh, man, it'd be sweet. So, of course, I mean, how are you going to say no to your brother? You no know way. I mean? Now, wait a second, Bill. Yeah. We got to back up. So, you're talking about open, like, all ages. All ages. And you're like, what are you, 46 or something? I'm 965 years old. No, <laughs> I'm 46. That's unbelievable, man. Yeah. So, really, your goal, I mean, you have no business striving for a goal like that against the young guys but you you went for it and you're 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 right up there i mean you said 90th sort of like yeah i was only 90th but you're talking about everybody here right there was i think for the guys there was i want to say eight thousand competitors <laughs> or something like that you know what i mean so i mean the number is up there for sure i mean it's up there, and it's not i i'm not i'm not saying that that's bad i mean it, it is a it is a great number and all that it's just hard when the previous years, I'd be, you know, in the top 20, in the top 10, you know, coming out of that. So that that's where it was like, for me, for 90, it was like, oh, that really hurts. <laughs> so you've been battling it out in the open for several years. Is there yeah. anyone near your age that you're lining up against, or is it all young dudes? Um, in California, there really wasn't, <laughs> at, least, at least up to this point, there really hasn't been anyone that was really, you know, competitive with the younger guys and that that was always kind of the the comment that you know i'm too old and that was one of the great things that like when dave castro put the uh the masters division together and he actually originally there was uh back when you were the game you were at the games right 2011 uh i, I was there 2014 oh you went there this year uh, 2014 i, oh, I, I observed with mark yeah oh okay okay the the first time they ever did the masters they did a 45 45-year-old age division. Mm -hmm. I was actually, it, it, when they came up with that, when they first did it, and I think that was 2011, 2010 or 2011 that they actually had that. Mm -hmm. I obviously was, was younger than that, so I didn't have that. So there wasn't a, a, an area for me to compete in anyway other than the Open if you wanted to go for it. Uh, then Dave Castro r lowered the, the age group down to 40, and you know he was like, you should totally do that, you know, and we can get you in there, that'd be great. And I'm like, but that's not what I want. I mean, I want I want to go to the I want to go to the Olympics. You know, I want to go right to the on, show. man. Yeah, that's what it is. So whether I had the I had the right or I should have or I shouldn't have, you know, been looking at that goal. That I've always been an athlete. I've been I've been competing since I was five years old anyway, with wrestling and swimming and everything. So it's not a matter of you know is the dream too big or whatever. It's just like this is the direction you you want to go or I want to I want to achieve this. 
So let's just go. I, I hear you, man, because like um, my goal throughout coaching youth sports was I wanted to dominate uh, my son and his teammates. And I, I made it all the way up to eighth grade basketball where I, I declared <laughs> myself I was clearly the MVP of the team. And then like 18 months later in, in the pickup games before the season, I was invited not to play because I literally could not guard anybody. They were all too quick for me. So I had I had my time against the young guys and then, you know. You're 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 carrying the torch for a lot of people, so I want to make a a big note of that because I, I understand your mentality and you explained it very well. Um, but if you take a step back for a moment and think of you know the inspiration that you're creating, that you can actually compete in your mid 40s with the very fittest athletes in the world, it's it's pretty incredible. Yeah, I appreciate that, I, and it is. I think it is important. I, uh, one of the things, uh, my career before I got out of my career to, to just do the, the, the gym stuff and the CrossFit stuff uh, was I was a fire captain. I've been in the fire service for 17 years. And what I really liked about CrossFit just in general anyway, coming into that was in the, like in the fire service, you know, if a fire is burning, it doesn't care if the people that are getting off the engine are male, female, it doesn't care if you're old, doesn't care if you're hurt that day, doesn't care if you're sick that day, mm. like the fire is going to burn and the incident's going to happen and you're going to have to do something to make it, to make mm-hmm. it work and win. That's just, you don't have another option. It's just that. So that's, I guess, always been kind of my mentality when it comes to competing. I'm not trying to compete with the younger guys. I'm just going, for, here's my task is I want to make it to the CrossFit Games and that's my, that's my goal. So if it means I'm competing with the young guys, then I'm competing. I just do it. I mean, it isn't a matter of trying to make a big deal about it. It's just that's the nature of the beast. So you just kind of do that. You know what I mean? And I think that's always been kind of my mentality is you just you just kind of go. You see where the goal is. And there are certain steps that you need to take to get as close, you know, to either achieve that goal or get as close as you can, at, you know, close as you can to that goal. And then you just, you know, put your head down and go for it. I guess that's kind of always been the, the mentality. It's the it's the firefighter mentality, man. The fire doesn't care how old you are. That's a classic quote. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so with this year, you know, with my brother asking me that, he he knew, you know, it, I've been asked a bunch of times, you know, why don't I go masters? Why don't I go masters? And even people that have been pretty upset with the fact that they think that I'm, you know, saying something negative about the masters program. Oh, mercy. I mean, they do. I mean, they're like, you know, who do you think you're too good? Do you think you're too this? Do you do that? And and I mean, and I I get it. I mean, they're coming from an angle that that they don't. I'm I'm responding and reacting purely off of my heart and what what I want to do. You know, this is Bill being selfish and what Bill wants to do. So if someone from the outside, they don't hear all the inside stuff that's going on in my head. So all they see is some guy that doesn't you know well you're not making it here well why don't you do this is here's a perfect opening for you well no i don't want to so i mean it's hard to understand and i get that that's fine but when my brother asked me and he knew exactly how much i have deflected that you know why don't you go to the masters for so long it was important and he, he he really he put it together really well by saying you know this has nothing to do with the games this has to do with i want to go and compete with my brother like it did like we did when we were kids and the second he said that, I was like, oh, dude, I'm all in. Like, that was the coolest idea to me. Yeah. Because here we are in our 40s. And, I mean, we haven't competed together 20-some years, you know. And so there was no way I could turn that down. And then the more and more I started thinking about being there with my brother and competing on that stage. And it was the first time that my, uh, my daughter would ever be able to see me compete. She, I have a, a 14-year-old daughter. 
who was able to come down and she, it was the first time she's ever seen me compete. Wow. Um, my parents, you know, our parents were there and so they got to see us compete and they haven't been able to see that for, you know, decades. So all of that stuff all rolled up together, just made it for an amazing, an amazing week. So we made it through the regionals, the, uh, the online qualifier for that. And then, uh, you know, went into it, we were made it in the top 20 and then we got our jerseys that said Grundler on it and went down <laughs> and, had, and had a blast, you know, it was awesome. Uh, so tell us kind of the, um, events you competed in and how it went for james as well yeah they had seven events total and it, it, they weren't the same ones that you saw if you watched you know the the actual the crossfit games the open division um that was on uh espn and espn2 different division different events but still really good crossfit style workouts the first one and these aren't in order by any means but there was a one rep max thruster so, of course, the big guys are going to go out and throw some heavy weight around for that one. There was a three rounds for time, 100 double unders, and seven hang power cleans at 185 pounds for us, uh, which was a, a good one. I mean, that's, I mean, that's heavy weight, you know. Uh, the, oh, the very first event that they did was basically blasting all the masters with 96 GHD sit-ups <laughs> and bar muscle-ups. And that was, that was so... Like I was really impressed with the programming because there's always been a lot of people, masters included, that have said, you know, how about how about making the let's make the the masters games really really hard, like make it really really tough. And man, they did not hold back this year at all. I thought it was super impressive. But basically, it was 40 GHC sit-ups, then 10 bar muscle-ups, and then a 50 meter sandbag run. And these sandbags would increase in weight from 100 pounds to 120 pounds to 140 pounds. And then you come back and you do 32 GHC sit-ups and then eight bar muscle-ups, the sandbag, and then 24 GHC sit-ups, six bar muscle-ups, and then the sandbag again. Then there was a really long chipper, 1,000-meter run um, up and down this hill. So if you actually watch the games, because they had us in the soccer stadium, and then also the finals were held in the tennis stadium. So we actually got to be on the floor where the actual you know games takes place, which was which was uh, just absolutely incredible. That was such a cool experience. But a thousand meter run, twenty five hundred pound D balls, ground to shoulder, twenty five box jump overs, twenty five chest bar pull ups, fifty wall balls, twenty five chest bar pull ups, twenty five box jump overs, and then twenty five ground to shoulder with these really sloppy hundred and twenty pound sandbags that were just messing with everybody. <laughs> sloppy. Yeah, and so on the last day, the the final event, the final event was the very first event that was ever held in the tennis stadium in the actual games in 2010. So it was a workout called Amanda, uh, nine seven five reps of muscle ups and squat snatches at 135. So that's what we got to do on the tennis stadium on, on the floor, and that was, I mean, it was it was so fun doing that. I mean, I hmm. again, I it I was battling with a handful of guys all the way through the weekend got myself into first place and then uh matt swift from australia both him and myself after the la the first event on the last day going into the finals we were actually tied so it all came down to the one event and then we went one and two he actually just edged me out on on amanda he, he had a great he had a great amanda just was able to crush it so he ended up getting the win and i took second behind him on that but it was amazing i had such i had such a good time such a good time. Good attitude, man, because a lot of that stuff sounds uh, towards the end like I'm, I'm getting tired, you know? Well, I mean, everyone, everyone gets tired. <laughs> I, I mean, that just, that just is what it is. I mean, in reality, if it would have gone another two days, I was already able to do that. Like, I didn't feel too wow. bad 
I wasn't too beat up afterwards um, just with the training that I was doing leading up to that. So I, I tell you what, it, with the the results that I had, the results that I had in the in the online qualifier for the Open and the Regionals, and just the fact that it was a re, uh, you know a rehabilitation year for me, trying to get my knee back. Mm-hmm. Even you know, the, of course, I want to win, and yes, I had expectations of going in and winning, but I was really happy with how the year went. I had an amazing time down there. And then literally right after I got off the floor when I was done, I went right back up in the booth and I was doing the commentary for ESPN for the main show. Oh, wow. That's incredible. Yeah, because yeah, I'm, I'm I do the color commentary for the men's um, division for the Open at the games. And so right up into the booth, put the headset on and started, started talking strategies. Grab a towel, maybe a drink of water, maybe you know, an ice you know. bucket here or there. Oh yeah, soak my feet a little bit, and you know, talk about talk about CrossFit. <laughs> Do they televise any other ones besides the the games in in Southern Cal? As far as you mean the like the Invitational or something like that, or no? Yeah, does, I mean, does it come on ESPN? Is there any other competitions around the world that that they televise? The only one that they've done, and, and I know that they did the uh, the Invitational, the CrossFit Invitational um, on ESPN. I think I believe it was on ESPN two last year. Um, ESPN and CrossFit has a really good working relationship as far as the production that they put together, uh, the shows that they put together, um, the value, the entertainment value of the of you know how it's all set up. And ESPN's really been great with CrossFit as far as like wanting to push it, wanting to pump it up, and they really like it. So it's been a real good hand in hand relationship. So whenever CrossFit has a particular event, that will go up there. However, the only true CrossFit events are the actual sponsored CrossFit events are the open, the regional, which they they didn't have they didn't have them on ESPN three this year, but I know that that's always kind of like in the talks of putting the regionals on ESPN three, which would be the online version of mm. ESPN. And then the games is obviously on on ESPN two and ESPN one. Um, and then Invitational, for sure, will we'll be on there again as, as well. That's a cool side gig for you, man. Congratulations. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a good time. It's a good time. So back home, you're uh, the proprietor of CrossFit Inferno uh-huh. and retired from firefighting, or are you still going? No, I retired. Actually, um, I'm co-owners. The, the way CrossFit Inferno started, it started as an online fitness program for firefighters. That was kind of how it began. Um, I had all my firefighters at my station were were on it with me, and when I decided to go and grow it into a gym, I actually brought on uh, my engineer Cesar Martinez and one of my firefighters Josh Lorenzo, and that was basically our our partnership going into actually starting the gym. Over the course of so we've been open since two thousand eight, we ended up buying out uh, my buddy Cesar Martinez. He just had his family stuff going on, and he's like, you know. I, you guys are off and running. I want to let you do your thing and not want, not want to get in the way. So then it just came down to myself and Josh Lorenzo. So I'll appoint myself as the founder and CEO, but then I work co-owners, myself and Josh Lorenzo of, of Inferno. And Josh, Josh is currently still in uh, the fire service with Cal Fire. He's an engineer with Cal Fire up here in the San Luis Obispo uh, unit. And yeah, I'm two years out, retired and I retired as a captain from, from Cal Fire also. All right. Congratulations on a great career. And uh, before the firefighting, you were a pretty serious wrestler yeah. at Cal Poly and, and reached top 10 national ranking and state championship. Yeah. Um, we, we came from a wrestling family for sure. My dad wrestled when he was in college, and he was our high school wrestling coach. And so uh, all of my brothers, myself, James, and then our youngest brother, Matt, we all wrestled growing up. 
both my uh, myself and James were high school runner-up and high school state champions. I went to Cal Poly and redshirted my first year and then went the next four years. And my last year was yeah sitting up in the top 10, being ranked in the top 10. Going into my very last season, my last Pac-10 championship, I cut my hand. I ended up putting my hand through a window trying to open it. And I cut the tendons on the, the little finger, the pinky finger, and the ring finger of my um, of my right hand. And that literally was a week before we had the Pac-10s. And so that basically was the end of my season right there, which I think at the time was an absolute crushing blow because that's all I knew was wrestling. And that's all I wanted was to you know compete at the Nationals, be a national champion and all that. But at the same time, I think, you know, looking back now, I think that was really the driving the driving factor in all the other competition stuff that I ever did, whether it was the Wildflower Triathlon or I got in uh, real heavy into, into beach competitions and, and lifeguard competitions and doing, you know, got what was nationally ranked in that, you know, doing beach flags and, and that type of stuff. And then what got me into the CrossFit thing, too. I think I just felt like I was never really done yet. So it just kind of kept that fire fire burning. Yeah, that sense of unfinished business, I think, is a pretty, uh, pretty strong motivator. And yeah, that's a nice perspective to think that if everything had gone well, um, you know, maybe you'd be sated like a lot of uh, a lot of college athletes, you know, they hang it up and they never come back and they they let themselves go. And it's it's kind of strange. You, you want to figure out what that magic formula is to yeah. preserve that competitive intensity and that fitness mentality for, you know, for, for a lifetime. Right. I mean, and everybody, the, the weird thing is, is that everybody wants to win. I mean, there isn't, there isn't a person out there that wants to do something so that they can lose. But I think a lot of times we see losing as a negative thing instead of realizing what kind of doors that it can open, whether it's, you know, learning if you fail at something, instead of seeing it as a, I can't do it, see it as, okay, how do I fix this to make yourself better? You know, whether it's a technique thing, whether it's a mental thing, whether it's a strength thing. So you know where to step back and make those improvements and then come out as a better product. And as, as much as it, I mean, it was, man, I'll tell you what, as an athlete, that was the most crushing blow to me that I could ever, ever have was not being able to finish my career like that. Oh, it's, I, I'd say it's, you know... 10 times worse than getting pinned in the first minute because yeah. if you got pinned, at least you're out there trying. Exactly, exactly. But at the same time, I mean, it, it, it did. And it took me, and I'll tell you what, I, I don't think I realized that that's what it was for a lot of years. I mean, I, I'd say, I don't know, 10 or 12 years, that thinking that that's where, that's where it was stemming from because yeah. I would get the, I was always the older guy competing with the younger guys. And I think that most people, once they start, you know, they get close to 30, then it's like, well, I hit 30, I'm over the hill. Well, I guess all downhill from here. I can't do this anymore. I'm too old to do this. I'm too old to do that. And it's excuse, excuse, excuse. And I think that that fire kept me from looking at that. And I just wanted to play. Like, I was so bummed at the fact that I got knocked out, not even getting the chance to truly get knocked out. I, it was something stupid that I just wanted to be in the game. So I wanted to play the game. And that's all I wanted to do was, you know, get me back in there, get me back in there. So that's what allowed me to hop into all these other things and, you know, I, and have some success with it. it I mean, it's, it's, it's fun. It's, it's, I love it. So at CrossFit Inferno, are you teaching classes? I know you're paying bills and running the business and, and I guess doing your own workouts too, which sometimes, can you do that when you're guiding a class or is that totally separate or what? Totally separate. So you, you just hit the, ha- the nail on the head. It's, it's three different hats all the time. <laughs> so when, I, when I'm here... 
I'm running the business. I mean, it's yeah, paying the bills, seeing where we are, seeing what you know what the trends are, where do we need to go, what kind of classes do we need to build, you know, what are what's our membership looking like, what kind of advertising things do we want to do, or where do we want to push this out or that out or whatever. You know, that's kind of the macro. Then you go to the more a little bit more of the micro, which is getting back to the the part that I and then I absolutely love it. I love coaching classes. Like I I've always enjoyed doing that i mean actually before i got into the fire service i was a high school teacher oh nice both my parents were teachers so teaching is really kind of in my blood um and actually all through the fire service i mean i was one of the the rescue skill sets were kind of my forte so i was always teaching those classes and so i've always been teaching so i really enjoy getting in there uh with the classes and, and teaching the people and pushing them through it and pushing them, you know, to, to get further than they ever thought that they could and to do more than they ever thought that they could or to do better than they ever thought that they could and really make people feel better when they leave. So that, that's the other part. And then the athlete part is, yeah, I'm doing my own workouts. You know, like I said, I, I, I have a programmer, uh, a guy that's coaching and programming for me who started this last year. Um, I'm going to continue again with him this year with, uh, with Mike Tremello. And it's just a matter of, I still like to do the workouts with our group because I think that they really have fun with me working out with them. I think that that's important. But at the same time, there are certain things that I need as an athlete to compete at a particular level. You know, I'm not doing it for the fitness program per se. I'm doing it for the the, the sport of fitness. So there are some different things that I need that um, the general class just doesn't have set up for them yet. But I think overall, I mean, it's it's three different hats and it's a long day. <laughs> it's a long day. So I guess you can be a participant in a class. Maybe there's another teacher doing it, and you're yeah. you're picking and choosing. Yeah. No. Yeah. So if 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 I'm if I'm coaching, I'm not going to be working out with them. But if I'm if we have another coach that's set up that day, because I have other trainers that work for me here here at the gym. So if they set it up and they're or they're working, then I can come in and work out with the class. Which is, it's, it's really fun. I mean, it's, the joy of working out with the group is there's so much energy behind it, and it does really help you to do more and go faster and do better than you could do if you were on your own. Interesting. Uh, so since you're right there on the ground floor and actually interacting with students regularly, I'm wondering, overall, in general, with the CrossFit movement, I mean, it's so, it's exploded, it's, it's yeah. all over mainstream culture now. There's so many good things about it. It's so much more um, inspiring and broad than some of the um, the traditional group classes that that came before it. Um, do you have anything that concerns you about the future? Like, uh, are some some people taking it too far to the extreme, or is there? An, I, I've heard a little bit about some injury risks uh, with you know some of the movements and whatnot. How's all that uh, feel? I guess the concern, if there was a concern, would be that. A lot of the people that do CrossFit now, either that are doing CrossFit or that are starting new businesses in CrossFit, they haven't really been, they miss the background of what CrossFit is and CrossFit, like the fitness program. It's looking to be, you know, more functional for longer in your lifetime. That That's that's what it comes down to. But because there's been such an explosion of, of CrossFit on ESPN and the games, everyone thinks that CrossFit is about heavy, heavy, heavy competition. And in heavy, heavy, heavy competition, it's all about lifting more, lifting faster, just getting to the finish line before someone else does, all that kind of stuff. And, and what, what a lot of people end up missing is the fact that that's not, that is not CrossFit, the fitness program. So there are, there are true, two seriously different areas um, that people need to be aware of. 
And so when the people say, oh, you know, they're, they're, you know, CrossFitters aren't concerned with their form at all, that's totally wrong. And if there is a, if there is a trainer or a, a program or a gym that that's what they're pushing is you just go fast irregardless of what the technique is, then yeah, you're going to get someone hurt. But that's the exact same thing if you do it, you know, in a regular Globo gym, in a regular 24-hour fitness or something like that. I look through the magazines, I see these guys with gigantic arms and these huge weights on them, so I'll, I might as well go grab and do whatever I can to get that weight up. It's the same, you know, it's kind of the same mentality. It's just a matter of not fully understanding what's supposed to be going on. So as far as I'm concerned, the older, more established gyms, they truly, they have a better understanding of the learn the movement, master the movement, then go intensity with the movement. And that's, that has to be the order that it goes. Hmm. It can't be come on out and you don't really know the snatch yet, so we're going to have you go 185 pounds as fast as you can go. It's like, no, we're going to put you with a piece of PVC pipe that way, okay, yes, you're not doing it totally correct right now, but you're not going to get yourself hurt and you'll still be able to get a workout. I mean, that's, that's what we want. We don't want people hurt. I don't, want, and I don't ever want someone to get hurt crossfitting. Oh, sure, yeah. And our, job is to, our job is to keep people from getting hurt. And what I, one of the things that drew me to crossfit in the beginning was it was all about proper movement. I mean, I did all the lifting stuff when I was in college and we did cleans and deadlifts and you know, squats and, and all that. But all of a sudden... I start doing the CrossFit deal and I'm having people that are very concerned with my movement, not so much my VO2 max and all of that other kind of stuff, but let's just look at the actual movements that you're doing and the, the levers that are happening and the, the angles of where you are and where, where is the vector of force, all of that type of stuff to where here I am 20 years after I was a competitive wrestler and I, I weigh 10 pounds more yet all of my weights are heavier than they were when I was a competitive athlete. Squats, bench, front squats, cleans, deadlifts, everything across the board. Well, with you know increased attention to form, if nothing else, you're going to get more production as well as you know less injury. Yeah, and that and that's what it is. So a lot of times, I think what what we end up doing is we we really put the brakes on people because we'll get. I mean, we're up here and it's a college town, so we get a lot of the college kids come in. You know, they all want to be cool, big studs and, you know, sexy little girls and all this kind of stuff. So they they will come in with the perceived idea of what they think they're going to be doing <laughs> for the trainers. Like I, I have all of our trainers. We're, we're all very diligent. OK, if you can't move right, I'm not going to let you go heavy. Mm-hmm. That's what's the point. You mm-hmm. know, I don't I don't want you to go away sore. I mean, you're going to be sore anyway. I mean, I can have you do air squats and you're going to be sore, you know, depending on how many we do. So I think that that would be the main concern that I have is people making sure that they have a true understanding of of what the movements are and what they're supposed to be doing and why why it is you're doing what you're doing what you're doing. Why are you programming this today? Why are you programming that today? There has to be a reason and an answer of why you're doing whatever that is. You know, you see these people that they they just want to grab onto someone else's program just because there were a couple people in the games that were using it. And they think that that's going to be the general population, you know, programming instead of just saying, okay, I'm going to program for our members with the idea of I program for the best. So I could have Rich Froney come into our, our gym and he'll get a great workout, but we program for the best and we scale for the rest, meaning all of the other athletes in my gym, all the other members in my gym can do a scaled slash modified version of that exact same workout and the physiological response that they're getting the time frame that they're finishing in should be about the same across the board. 
So it shouldn't be that someone's doing a two-minute Fran and someone's doing a 10-minute Fran. Right, right. That doesn't add up. Yeah, I mean, it's like if, that, if that's the case, then that's even though they did the same four-letter workout, you know what I mean, four-letter word workout, the, the responses are completely different. So we'll put time frames on people or say, okay, you need to be able to get this many reps unbroken in this set, otherwise it's too heavy. Just to kind of you know gauge everyone in that. That's real important to me because I, I want everyone to have to not plateau right away and then get bored with it. I want them to constantly be able to increase and improve, drive their strength, drive their cardiorespiratory endurance, drive their stamina, drive their power, drive their flexibility, drive their balance, all that across the board. Now, is that unusual that you're doing this scaling or is that part of the template? Because I think it's a, a very important point that you've arrived at. It's that if you're modeling everything after the elites, there's going to be more struggling and suffering than necessary because you're not at that level. You've got to scale. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think that the, mo- the verbiage in like the CrossFit Level 1 certification courses is program for the best, we scale for the rest, and all of the movements that we do are infinitely scalable. So there isn't any movement anywhere that you should not, as a trainer, be able to help modify and scale so that this person can be involved in that class. It's called it's called PVC pipe. That's what I pick up when I head into totally. CrossFit. Oh, yeah. Well, and I mean, and I think a lot of people, like, there's the pride and all that kind of stuff, but I mean, I think if you're forthright with the, like, new members that you have coming in and be like, hey, look, our job today is not to go and crush you because I could give you that PVC pipe and make this the worst workout for you for, you know, ever. But that's not the point. We want you to enjoy what's happening and we want you to have some fun and learn what's going on. Once you are learning these things, then you're going to be able to like add the weight, add the intensity and really attack the workouts. But until, until then, it's like you're just trying to kind of figure out which way is up. You know, what are, what are these hang, squat, power, snatch thing? Like they don't know what's going on. So you want to make it as accessible to them as possible. And the easiest way to do that is to scale and modify those movements. But I think that takes some experience to be able to do that. Uh, if, if, if we're doing snatches and someone doesn't know how to do that, either you as a teacher slash coach needs to be able to cue them or use appropriate verbiage for them so that they understand the easiest way to do it or give them another movement that's going to be something similar that they can understand instead of just going, okay, you don't know how to do that why don't you just do air squats? Right, right. I think that's kind of a cop-out. But I, I think that's an experience level also. Yeah, I think it's also important to notice when the individuals are getting blown out. Oh, yeah. Might, totally. be, might be a time to pull them aside and say, hey, that's, en- that's enough reps for you, you know? And that should totally happen. I mean, if that, that's how engaged the, the trainer has to be with their, their members. Is their weight okay? And like we have everyone build up to the weight that they're going to use, try a couple of the reps so that we can kind of see all right, here they are fresh right now. Are they able to do it or not? And if they can't, then it's like, all right, let's bring the weight down. Or if they can just barely get it, and we know that they're going to have to do 40 reps of this, all right, let's bring the weight down. Because you're barely getting two, and we have to do 40 of them. So let's bring it down. Or even during. I mean, if we see someone that just starts Mm. to implode, if it's like a, a, a couplet or a triplet, then I'll come over, and while they're on the other movement, I'll swap the weights out for them so that they can get right into it, you know, and then hit the workout. Yeah. So I think it's just about being engaged and really wanting the best for your members. And if, if the trainer truly does, then they're going to make that workout work best for them and whatever they need to do. Yeah, nice to hear. Thanks. Um, let's talk about your experience with the Primal Blueprint Expert Certification course, which you sure. recently took. And I imagine have visions of enhancing 
your business offering as as a as a teacher there. Yeah, I, what I was really impressed. We always talk about. I mean, it, CrossFit is such a great you know fitness program, and, and they talk about you know world class fitness in a hundred words or less. And it talks. It's a very clean, simple way to eat and to exercise and and, and do all that, which I think is is great. But a lot of people want more information than just you know don't eat bread and what i was really what i really liked about the program that the prime blueprint program has together is it does allow you to have that information one um, you have to go through and learn all the information and have all that but i love the archive setup that they have you have all the videos you have all the the written material the the online written material as a huge library of reference because I mean, not everyone. There are there are going to be you know very uh, broad stroke generalities between everyone's fitness, but everyone's going to need something a little bit different, or they want something a little bit different. And so, what the program really had to offer was: let's look at you know, if you just want to be healthy, you can look at it this way, and these are the things you can eat. These are how you should eat. These are things to stay away from. If you want to lose some weight, these are the things you should look at. These are the things you should you you know eat. These are some things you should stay away from. If you want to gain some size, it's the same thing. If you want to be an athlete, it's you know here's here's a whole another list out for that. And that's what I was really impressed with. It wasn't so technical that you felt like you were getting your master's degree, but at the same time, it wasn't so layman's that it was like just don't eat bad food. I mean, it was it was right smack dab in the middle that made it really easy for me to work with, and then it makes it very easy for me to help give information uh, you know, to my members. And then the other really cool thing is we're going to be able to open that up so that our members, the ones that really are fired up about nutrition and want to know how that really is going to fit into their fitness and in their, you know, their active lifestyle, um, they're the ones that are really going to want to take that course. And I'm, I'm glad that we're going to be able to help offer that through that, you know, through, through here. Yeah, it's a really exciting uh, partnership and hopefully, you know, we'll set the trend for many other boxes to kind of... Uh, get a uh, get a closer relationship with us especially on the on the diet part which is you know the uh, the piece that's difficult to control when you're when you're in a fitness facility but um, you're doing great stuff up there what an amazing story of, of going after it at the CrossFit games and you know looking at age is not even a handicap but just sort of a non-issue it sounds like for you well I mean I'll say that I I, I don't get up as fast in the morning as I would like to. <laughs> I gotta go stand in the shower for a little while a nice warm shower to get the joints all warmed up but yeah it's I think I think it really is the second you start using age as an excuse then that's exactly what it's going to be it's always going to be the excuse to use why you can't do whatever and I, and I think we need to stay away from that as much as possible good stuff and so on that ACL I mean you mentioned it briefly and then it was like Hey, we forgot about that. So you actually succeeded in in a full rehab? No, no worries. Well, I mean, I, I still feel it. I know it's still there, and I, I still have little clicks and bobbles with it every once in a while. But as far as the job that was done, I mean, I, I was able. I came back really. I came back from what everyone told me, and I, and I really didn't have a, a frame of reference of of what a fast recovery or a not fast recovery was but from uh, my coach was telling me and what I was talking to other people and other people that had knee surgeries and and ACL reconstructions they were all saying that like man you're way you are way in front of the uh the time limit here like you're way ahead of schedule wow so I, I I really needed to be very careful that I didn't jump in too fast and do something stupid which was really really tough Mm. um you know it's when you have a goal out in front of you it's hard to ride the brake uh but i was actually really glad that the doctor dr neil l trash he's out of the uh curlin joe clinic down in down in la 
Mm-hmm. What he wanted to do is that there's usually two ways you can do it. You can do a cadaver graft or you can use your own patellar tendon and uh, they'll use that. He liked the patellar tendon just because it's my tissue, so I don't have to worry about any kind of like, you know, my body not, not liking the tissue. But the other thing was, he's like, look, to be, to be honest with you, he's like, I know what you're going to do in, in two and a half months when your knee feels fine if we have a cadaver graft. He's like, you're going to get out there and think that it's all fine, and you're just going to get right back into what you're doing. And I need you to take it a little bit slower so we can build the strength and build the strength of the tendon, but then also build the strength of the, you know, the joint and all the musculature around that. It's like this is going to hold the reins on you until everything in there is really better. And I'm like, okay. I mean, he was totally right. I, I, it really did allow me to ramp up appropriately without going too far because if I did, if I did do a little bit too much, I'd pay for it the next day. I mean, it, my knee was my knee was tight, so it really it set the limits for me of how to push and make sure I was doing exactly what I was supposed to be doing and not going crazy and thinking that I was 21 and that it was going to be fine and I could just slap it and put some tape on it. Yeah, that's sometimes it's not bad to have a uh, a limiting factor like that. I mean, it also prevents overtraining in general. Yeah, it definitely helped me to get better in other things because if I if I had to stay off my legs or I couldn't do as much stuff on my legs then it would definitely be, all right, handstand push-ups, pull-ups, muscle-ups, you know, bench, shoulder press, seated shoulder press, whatever, to you know, try to work around that so I wasn't just sitting there stale. Right, right. It was, it was, it was a very, it was, I'll tell you what, it, it was really, really crappy during the time, but I, I'm honestly pretty, I, and this is going to sound weird, but I guess kind of grateful for what it allowed me to do. It gave me a, a very new perspective on things. It allowed me to show my members in the gym that like, okay, just because you have an owie doesn't mean that you don't stop. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, it's really, now, now it was really hard for them to go, yeah, my shoulder hurts a little bit, so I'm just not going to come in. When I'm coming in four weeks out of surgery yeah. with a big stitch down my knee and a big brace and, and I'm in there doing stuff and they're like, oh, I guess I don't really have an excuse now. Hanging your crutches on the coat rack and then getting to it, yeah. Uh, and I think that that's important. You know, it's a, it, it being fit just in general, whatever, however way you're doing it, it's about being as functional as you possibly can for as long as you possibly can. I mean, and that's, that's what it comes down to it. Love it, man. Yeah, no excuses. What a great closing quote from the Bill Grundler of mm. CrossFit Inferno in San Luis Obispo. Thanks for detailing that amazing competitive experience at the CrossFit Games. The, the CrossFit enthusiasts will know and love you from your results and also your great commentary for the Opens. And I'm um, looking forward to seeing you battling the young guys for many years ahead. So thanks for spending the time on the Primal Blueprint podcast. My pleasure, Brad. It's nice meeting you. Thanks for having me on there. Thank you so much, listeners. Until next time, this is host Brad Kearns. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Got a passion for Primal? Join Mark Sisson on a mission to save the world. Become a Primal Blueprint certified expert today. With our dollar down payment program, it's easier than ever. Just pay $1 to start and $89 a month for the next 12 months. The Primal Blueprint Expert Certification is the most comprehensive online Primal Paleo certification program of its kind. Explore the fascinating world of ancestral health from the comfort of your own home with this premier multimedia experience. Perfect for health and fitness professionals, as well as individuals looking to up-level their primal practice. Visit primalblueprint.com slash get hyphen certified to put a dollar down today.